0: I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is the Tech Central Show. If you haven't done so already, youtube.com slash techcentral is the place to subscribe. You can also get us on all the popular podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it. You can find us, just search for Tech Central, one word, and you'll find all of our shows there. Now, Werner Kup is uh, the CEO of Ultron, a JSC-listed technology company, and he joins us in studio. Werner, welcome. You uh, put out your full-year financial results just, uh, I think it was yesterday, in mm-hmm. fact, as we speak. Um, you're fairly new to the Ultron business. Of Correct. course, you'd previously been with Dimension Data for many years, uh, most recently as Chief Executive Officer.
1: Um, how did the Ultron gig happen? Thanks. Uh, firstly, thank you for uh, for having me. Um, I, I just think the, the opportunity that, you know, Ultron affords one, you know, I think being listed, mm. yeah, you know, there's an old saying that somewhere somewhere in your career, you've got to run a listed company and then... You know, I'm particularly passionate about South Africa, so the fact that it's headquartered in South Africa. Uh, and if I look at some of the opportunities, the spaces we're in, in the market, which I think is evidenced in our results, and I'm, mm. I'm sure you're going to have a couple of questions around that. Of course. Uh, yeah, it was just too good an opportunity to turn down at this space, stage of my career.
0: Right, right. And how, how long uh, how long have you been in the job now?
1: Uh, I think it's my eighth month, if I recall, if I recall eight correctly. Months. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've been assured I can no longer play the new CEO card. So. Right. Uh, okay,
0: <laughs> good. Well, eight months is enough time to talk about your strategy. So we're going to dive a little bit into, into that today. But let's talk about the numbers that you um, published mm. uh, this week, full year to end February. They look pretty good to me mm. at a glance. Uh, revenue up 19%, mm. which isn't to be sniffed at in this economy. EBITDA, excluding some once-offs, up. Eleven percent is also no mean feat, given the state of the economy. Uh, how did you manage to achieve this, given that South Africa seems to be falling apart around us? Mm.
1: Th- Duncan, we are exceptionally pleased about those mm-hmm. numbers. Um, you know, I think I said yesterday, I, I believe it's a very resilient performance. In uh, to your point, I, I don't think maybe outside of you know the dot com collapse, which was very specific, as you may recall, yeah. to the IT industry in kind of two thousand and two. I don't think I've seen general trading conditions this stuff in my mm-hmm. in my career before. Uh, I think there's three reasons. Firstly, you, you have to acknowledge some, you know, elbow grease mm-hmm. you know, when these things don't come without hard work. But I think if I specifically speak about our business model, um, you know, two things. Number one, we we're fortunate we've got a very strong annuity base. Mm-hmm. So at any given point in time, between fifty five and sixty percent of our business is annuity. It's particularly high in our platforms business. Um, And I think, secondly, the fact that we are fortunate that our businesses find ourselves in, um, you know, firstly, spaces that are particularly relevant Mm -hmm. to um, the the South African economy and abroad, as you know, we've got quite a big operation in Australia, as an example, as well, um, and in growing markets. So we're really fortunate to be in growing markets. You know, Mm we spoke about that a little bit during our results. Um, You know, the fintech market, the telematics market, the security market is still growing. IT services, still growing close to double digit. Mm. So I think a combination of, um, I'd like to think our business has a strong value proposition to our customers. Uh, You know, we've got a strong annuity base and we positioned well in, uh, in some growth segments.
0: Take us through what's performing well within the business. Uh, you mentioned FinTech uh, mm. being the stronger, one of the strongest performances mm. in the latest uh, reporting period. Uh, what's driving the FinTech growth and what other areas of Ultron are doing well?
1: So um, we've got two challenging businesses, which I'll touch on later, sure. which is for us, which are, are good businesses and we're in profit improvement strategies around those, but I'll come back to that, which is Nedstar and our systems integration, which combined represents about 40% of our portfolio, roughly. Um, but you know the rest of the businesses really have all given us relatively strong performances. The fintech business, to your point, uh, knockout performance, biggest. Uh, they've just touched a billion rands worth of revenue. Our security business, uh, you may recall there, we did really two acquisitions, Abusha a while back and Law Trust. This uh, earnings period now represents the first 12 months that Law Trust is part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've exceeded the expectations of the Law Trust business case so okay. so far. So You bought that from uh, Etion, right? uh, We bought that from Etion. Etion
0: yeah. is another JSC listed business, but I think they... Going through the process, we have already
1: delisted the business. I they? speak under correction, but I think they might have delisted yeah, already. I, I mean, the acquisition yeah. precedes me, but I think you're correct. Yeah. Um, um, you know, we've integrated. They unbundled b- and disappeared, really, and uh, sold off a lot
0: of their businesses and and returned all the cash to shareholders.
1: Yeah. As f- I speak under correction, Duncan, but me as far too. as I, but as far <laughs> as I, as far as I know, that is the case. Yeah. So uh, you know, the security business has done exceptionally well for us. Our managed solutions business. Um, which for the prior period did include the banking business, which you may have seen we are about to to sell that off. Yes. Um, is that the ATM business? That's the ATM business. That's the business. NCR. That's correct. That's the business we've sold to NCR. Okay. Um, so oh, they're selling it to Uh Well, that's just about done. I mean, mm-hmm. we we're now kind of going through. Competition uh, commission. Uh, uh, we through competition commission. I mean, there's just one large state that we've got to go through these things. Yeah. There's quite a lot of uh, dotting of I's and crossing of t's to get this stuff done. So that's had a really really good year. The Carabina business, which had a you may recall it had a wobble about yeah. uh, 18 months ago. So that's really had an exceptional year as well. Our arrow business, which went through exceptionally tough times, as you can imagine, if you're in the supply of. Uh, Electronic components, you know, that business effectively shut down during Mm. COVID. It's actually recorded um, record profits. Oh well, yeah, and it's their 25-year, their 25-year anniversary tomorrow. Okay, Uh, yeah, so that business. So, so you know, we we've had a number of star performers in our in our portfolio. The Altic business, you know, keeps on ticking along. Uh, That's a business that delivers very high EBITDA margins. We've got very high market share. Uh, and a a return on invested capital about north of 80%. So most of our businesses actually delivered Mm. either exceptional or really good performances in FY23.
0: Ultron's been through a process over many years now of disposing of non-core businesses. It got rid of the old electrical businesses, uh, Powertech, Mm. uh, and there were various other uh, companies that that were Mm. sold off. Um, How many businesses are still ring-fenced for sale or are now considered as non-core within
1: Ultron? Currently, only the ADS business. So, well, that's document uh, solutions. Right? That's so, maybe let's just just take a little bit of a uh, of a step back, back, and yeah. and um, we, you know, you're keen to talk about the strategy, so we'll get back okay. to that next. Because obviously, for us, uh, you know, the business that we decide to either keep or dispose of is very much, um, you know, based on what fits your your, mm-hmm. your where you're trying to go as a mm-hmm. as a business. We are busy finalizing or have finalized our exits from what we used to call a so Arrow Rest of Arrow Rest of Africa. Um, the uh, the banking part of the ADS business, as you've just referred to, and uh, my apologies of the managed solutions business, okay. so the banking part of the managed solutions business. And then quite disappointingly for us, you would have seen that we announced uh, at the last minute, the deal to sell the document solutions mm-hmm. business has fallen through. So we're still holding that business for sale. For sale. Uh, yeah. It's not our view that that's part of the, the core business. Yeah. Um, for the rest of the, uh, the businesses, you know, we, we're comfortable. We feel that you know, certainly, from a strategic perspective, the period of divestitures are now on our over. Mm-hmm. Um, I did mention that um you know, in our Nexus business, we unfortunately have not been able to renew the Gauteng broadband project, mm-hmm. um so that does have a significant impact on that business, and we're now going through a process of revisiting that business because of that, otherwise, you know very comfortable. Um, with the business that we hold. And our focus now is, to your point, we, we're really, really fortunate mm-hmm. with where we are. Very strong, very strong balance sheet. So, as a leadership team, our focus is now very much on folks, you know, the yep. period of divestitures behind us. We're really, really focused on, on growing the business going With forward. a strong balance sheet, does that mean acquisitions? Uh, we definitely are targeting some uh, some acquisitions. In fact, we, we've got actually a, a fairly lazy balance sheet at this point in right. time. So, we are targeting acquisitions. Um, if you look at our strategy, you know, three growth areas that we targeting netstar Mm -hmm. uh, fintech and then the security business so so we believe so i'm not discounting the it services businesses but my view on the it services businesses is that we can grow that you know obviously i come from that world Mm. i feel we can there's still if you look at our operating margins in that those businesses they are still below where that kind of market is trading at and uh, you know the leading indicators are heading in the right direction um, I'm quite involved, as you would imagine in sure. uh, in those businesses. So organically, we think there's still quite a lot of runway in those businesses. In terms of using the gunpowder that's available to us, right. you know my view is very much focused around store, uh, around security and around uh, the fintech business. Mm-hmm. we We don't want to I don't believe in these big deals. I don't believe in uh, blowing your wallet in, in, in one deal and then being stuck with kind of, mm. you know, the integration complexities that comes with those kind of deals. So, so bolt on stuff. Yeah, bolt on stuff. You know, so very much in our sweet, sweet spot. So complementary, either adding to our service offering or giving us, for example, in the case of Netstar, now, that Southeast Asia market, you know, there's quite a lot happening in that market because mm-hmm. of legislation in particular. So, can you buy a company there that's in the same business that you are, bolt on, and then obviously you can export some of the technology both yes. both ways, right? Kind of an example of the type of stuff that we're looking at. Okay. So, would you would your bias in acquisitions be to offshore? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, so, what we've defined is geographically the kind of markets that we would be looking at is Southeast Asia, uh, uh, England, uh, the Netherlands or Belgium, you know, why why specifically those markets? Look, experience has taught me, you know, time zones make a big di- difference. Right. Uh, you know, the laws, the cultures being quite similar. Uh, you know, uh, your 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 opportunity to get some benefit through labour arbitrage as well uh, in those in those markets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have a bias necessarily, uh, although a number of our acquisitions that are in play um, are not in South Africa right
0: mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I want to just briefly come back to Netstar and Ultron Systems Mm. integration, where you you said there was some underperformance in the Mm. most recent reporting period. Uh, What was the reason for that underperformance and what are you doing to address it?
1: So if you look at our ASI business and the Netstar business, it's actually disappointingly been a relative – downward trend over the last sort of two or three uh, over the last two or three years i mean now now first relative to the market uh, very good point relative to relative well even i think relative to our own expectations but certainly relative to 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 the market if you look at the kind of EBITDA margins that both of those businesses are trading, you know it's significantly Mm -hmm. below what our competitors are 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 trading at so firstly to re-emphasize i i think they are very good businesses Mm -hmm. in fact um you may, you know, it may or may not be on your mind, but one of the things that I found when I got to Alton was really, really impressed by the customer base, mm-hmm. really impressed by the solutions, which talks to why we're able to still drive revenue growth. Um, I think it's just focus, um, you know, to be honest. There's been a lot of leadership changes in mm-hmm. the in, in these businesses. Um, so, what are we doing? What are we doing to improve it? Um, in Nedstar, there's really four things that we're doing. Firstly, you, you know, you've got to look at cost efficiencies, um, you know, make sure that your cost base isn't. Uh, isn't too high, you know. Some of the examples around that, for example, is re-engineering some of the input costs. Mm-hmm. You know that, that there's a lot of device input costs in that business, right? So, mm-hmm. so re-engineering, uh, re-engineering that. Um, we want to reclaim our market share in the consumer business. You know that's that's the business that needs invented. it. It started mm-hmm. 27 years ago. Um, I mean, it's well documented that our so we're still growing in revenues. If you look at our numbers, mm-hmm. but our churn rates are higher than we would like to be. So really refocus on that. We see um, fleet. As a big as a big opportunity so you know growing that business off the data and the platform that you've already got for uh, for consumers we think that's quite a big growth play for us and then of course the last one which um i, I know you and our and our cto clifford spent quite a lot of time so, it, yeah. yeah 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 spent quite a lot I was very in, i was a very interested listener okay. uh to that podcast you know we think there's a big opportunity for, for us then what we call big data mm. Um, as a server. So that's that's Netstar specifically.
0: Before we leave Netstar, I just want to ask yes. you another question there because I remember chatting to your predecessor, Teto Onyati, yes. and he spoke about the opportunity around Netstar. Yes. Uh, and I think at the time, uh, Carew had just listed uh, in, in the US, I forget the details, and yes. there was one or two other car tracking companies, vehicle yeah. tracking companies that yeah. had listed on the JSC to huge success. Mm. Uh, and he, he was suggesting at the time that maybe there's an opportunity to unlock value similarly in Netstar, possibly through a listing mm. or some other mechanism. Is that still a... An option that uh, you're considering?
1: Duncan, look, as a, as a CEO, you know, you look for all options to create value for your shareholders. Not at this point in time for us. I okay. mean, our view, as I said earlier, is we're comfortable with a portfolio that we've got right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really want to focus on growing out that, that that portfolio. I think you also got to, before you ever consider those kind of things, you also got to make sure that you run the best possible business. But our, yeah. our medium-term focus is not that. Okay. We really focus on growing the business. And as I've mentioned um, we certainly think is a good opportunity. I'm sure you've seen we've got a new MD in that business. grant. He was with us on our results call, mm-hmm. um, and th- those plans that we've put in place. It's early days, right? Five months, five months in, and you know these things don't happen overnight. But our early indicators are positive. You know, early leading indicators are heading in the right direction. When it comes to the ASI business, I would say it's mm-hmm. pretty much the same. Pretty much the same issues. You know, our cost base ran away from us a little bit. Um, you know, over time mm-hmm. our margins started to, to compress a little bit. Um, So, again, there for us, you know, firstly, we've, in the short term, taken some costs out of the business. Uh, You know, we've achieved about 50 million rands Mm -hmm. worth of run rate savings in that business. Mm -hmm. We had one or two service lines that was unprofitable for us. So, it was actually um, taking margin out of the business rather than adding margin Mm -hmm. to the business. We've gotten rid of those profit lines. So, now we've already set a new base level for profitability. Again, early leading indicators are positive. You know, the business is already uh, is already profitable. Uh, and now I focus on three areas. You know, number one, you, you've got to deliver good service to your customers. So, we, we you know, I, I've had a number of engagements with our customers, our teams, making sure that our service delivery uh, is is improving all the time and, mm-hmm. and, and, and up to scratch. Uh, the second thing is we're looking at improving our margins, particularly in our outsourcing business and our software development business. So if you look at that business, those are the two biggest businesses. It's about 40% mm-hmm. of that business overall. I probably don't have to tell you, outsourcing is the core of an IT services business, um, you know, so we're looking at scaling that uh, that out. We've already okay. made some new appointments in that business. So we think if we can drive that business to scale, our software development business, fix the margin issues, which will take a little bit of time, but we'll get there. And of course, you've got to focus on um, on on selling more efficiently. And quite pleasing for me, probably one of the most pleasing leading indicators, is that year on year, uh, you know, because Colin, uh, the MD who led the Carabina turnaround, Colin governor he's he, he been in that business. here, right. you know. Um, Uh, He started at the same time that I did. Um, And, uh, you know, sales, our qualified sales pipelines up about 60% year on year. So, again, these things do take time, but we've we've reset the cost base and the early leading indicators are heading in the right direction. So, Varuna, let's talk a little bit about the strategy then. Mm. Um, You've been in the job for eight months. Mm. Uh, Where are you taking this business over the next three to five years? Mm. Thanks. So, yeah, extremely excited about that. So, for me… If I just look at the businesses that we've got now, you touched on a couple of them, and I think it's maybe just worth repeating, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got Netstar, we've got our fintech business, we've got our health tech business, and those are what we consider to be our platform-based businesses. Then we've got our IT services businesses. So that's the security business, that's the systems integration business that we've been talking about, the managed solutions business, Nexus, and then we've got Arrow, which is our electronic uh, component business, and of course, Carabina, which is very much the the Microsoft software, the data analytics uh, business. I know you're particularly interested in that one uh, as well. So, So for me, when I look at the business, and I consider what it is that we do for customers. And you asked early on, you know, how come it is that we're able to grow the business? It's because what we're doing in these businesses. Let's talk about the IT service business first. Right, mm-hmm. This is top of mind for all customers. And I'm, you know, you talk to them daily. Yeah. The, the pressure that, that, they're under, that they're under, you hear the same things every day, right? Rising costs, inflation, the RAND, load shedding. So businesses are under pressure to decrease their costs, mm-hmm. number one. Secondly, everybody's fighting for, yeah, you know market share mm-hmm. in a pie that's not necessarily growing as much as you mm-hmm. want to. So they want to understand their customers better. They want to they, they want to analyze their data better. They want to turn into actual insights mm-hmm. better. And then overall, folks want to run their they, they want to run their operations better. So the, what our IT services business does is it's exactly that, right? It, it helps customers to manage some of their legacy infrastructure, and then to modernize that, and then turn that into insights. So I looked at that and I went, okay, that's a really really good opportunity for us. Then on the other hand, you've got your platform businesses. Now those are you know high annuity businesses that you can dive to scale. Uh, and if you take NetStar as an example, what what is another big problem that we've got? Fuel prices are up, mm. you know, our road infrastructure is a is a problem. So they, that business really helps us, in the, and that's why the opportunities are in the fleet space, because mm-hmm. it helps the customers save costs. So I looked at these platform businesses, I looked at these IT services businesses and I said to myself, you know, there's there's a, a number of good IT services companies out there. Mm-hmm. There's a number of platform-based companies out there, but there's not one group that has both, mm-hmm. you know. And if you consider mm-hmm. where the market's going, um, and customers are really, really looking for a partner to 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 take them on that digital journey, you know. And I felt we are ideally positioned to be able to to do that, and mm-hmm. and hence the strategy of saying we want it, We want to be the leading platform and IT services. Uh, company in South in South Africa, mm-hmm. and you know, if we if we can deliver credible customer service, you know, you know, get customers to trust us mm-hmm. in that digital journey, which of course, in a lot of cases, we're fortunate enough that they already do. Um, you know, that's a very exciting space for us mm-hmm. to be in, in and a really good growth opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm. How important is offshore exposure? I mean, the South African economy is not in a, in great shape right now, uh, and has the potential to get worse if load shedding gets worse. Mm-hmm. How worried are you about? The future of south africa the fact that ultron is invested so heavily in this country and and how urgent do you see the necessity to to broaden
1: your um revenue streams from other markets that is a very good question i think as a as a south african if you were not concerned about uh, you know the prospects of of this country i think you'd you'd be lying right and you know the the challenges that consumers and customers are under it's well it's well documented we, I don't see this as a complete offshore exposure strategy at all. I mean, we're comfortable. You know, right now, about 90% of our business is in South Africa. As I mentioned earlier on, we do see offshore opportunities, but it's not a specific diversification strategy for us. Right. Um, I, I still feel, as I said, fairly confident okay. that we've got a differentiation in this economy. Um, and I still think as things get potentially tougher for our customers, we've got the ability to... Um, to help them with that. Now we've got to tighten our belts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you might, m- may have seen, you know, cost efficiency and margin improvement. Of course, is one of our strategies. But um, I, I won't say that I don't share all the normal concerns that any South African does. Sure. But um, I'm, I'm cautiously confident that that we can still deliver some some yeah. some decent growth in this economy.
0: And are you confident about the prospects for the country more broadly?
1: Uh, you know, look, I'm an eternal optimist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we had somebody the other day. And you know, I thought you used a fantastic phrase. You said, "What's the definition of an optimist?" Uh, it's somebody that jumps off a building on half, halfway down. They go, "So far, so good." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have an eternal. I am. a Look, I'm a pragmatist. Right. So you know, I do think we. You know, it is very, very important um, that you know government now really moves to, to to you know I would say address the trust deficit between right. you know business between. Between its constituents, I think we've got to be very decisive, mm-hmm. um, particularly around our, our enabling infrastructure. Right, yeah. electricity, roads are touched on, on 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 some of that. Uh, but you know, I I I want to be part of that journey, right, Duncan. I mean, I I I don't want to sound arrogant, but you know, I, mm-hmm. I have I've had opportunities to work abroad. You might have heard Grant uh, yesterday say on the call literally when we approached him. Uh, he was just about on his way. Oh right! To yeah, he was on his way to to emigrate, and he he kind of looked at the opportunity. So, not sticking my head in the sand, uh, yeah. we certainly have got some challenges. Um, but I, I'm I, I I want to live here. I'm still yeah. You know That's we got to we, we got we got the stormers in the we got a South African team in a in a final in, in a final <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> again. So yeah, I'd like to be yeah. I'd like to run a good business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to be part of the solution, not the problem.
0: How does load shedding affect Ultron? I've, I, I know we spoke mm. to Cliff about it when he was was in that hot seat, so maybe we can um, put Netstar aside. But the rest mm. of your operations, how how heavily affected are you by?
1: It? So we're quite fortunate that we're not that heavily exposed to to okay. load shedding. Of course, we we have you know the normal kind of cost in terms of diesel, mm-hmm. keeping you know our corporate offices going. Sure. Our cost exposure uh, is not significant at all. Certainly not if you look at the kind of numbers of the mobile operators and the. And the retailers have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure one of the things that Cliff would have spoken to is, you know, p- part of the of our cl- of our platforms being in the cloud is, you know, that's covered by the that's covered by the public cl- mm-hmm. uh, cloud infrastructure in which we're in. So it's not. We're very fortunate. It's not a significant uh, cost exposure mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Ultron is obviously a very storied business. It goes back a long way, 60 years or something. 58 years. 58 58 years. years. Close. (laughs) Started by Bill Fenter. Correct. uh, And uh, uh, his son actually became CEO, I think, immediately after he stepped uh, down as chief executive. uh, And uh, uh, and, and so there's a long history to this uh, in this business. Um, are the Fenter still, I mean, do you speak to Bill Fenter? Do you speak to Robbie Fenter at all?
1: So Robbie serves on our board. He's on your board, Ro- that's right. Ro- Robbie's on As the board. As a non-executive director. As a non-exec, that's mm-hmm. correct, yeah, yeah. How often do you speak to Robbie? Fairly often. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he sits on the board. Yeah. I mean, he's a very active, I mean, I'm privileged. Uh, there's a number of things that att- attracted me to Ultron, the quality of the board, uh, is uh, is one of them. So yeah, no. Robbie's on the board. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's obviously, look, he's extremely passionate about the business as you, can, right. as you can imagine. He's quite happy to, you know, if there's historic relationships that, that he's got, he's very happy to okay. uh, to help out.
0: Okay. Okay. And Bill, is he involved at all anymore? Bill's not involved. He's uh, retired. Uh, and
1: Bill, mm-hmm. uh, he's, uh, um, you know, he's uh, hopefully very happily yeah, but he retired at this point yeah, in time. Yeah, he's living in France or somewhere. I think he's living in Monaco, if I recall. Monaco, yeah, yeah south of France that's what I Corre- heard as well. Corre- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh. yeah. I mean, very pleasant. Um, and I wanted to ask about Anthony Ball as well. see yes, he, he's still sitting on your board. Anthony mm-hmm. Ball is obviously the co-founder of Value Capital Partners, which bought a big chunk of Correct. Ultron, well, I don't know, it was five, six, seven years ago Correct. now. Uh, and they were, um, Anthony and, uh, was it Sam Shabalala? Sam Sattoli. Sam Satorli, I beg your yep. pardon. Uh, they, they they founded this Value Capital Partners business together. They've invested in a number of assets where they see value. Mm. Ultron was one of those. Mm. And they were, as far as I understand it, quite intimately involved in the strategy and mm. making some of the decisions around, for example, the Bytes spin off, which was mm. a hugely successful mm. uh, spin off. In fact, the, I think Bytes is worth multiples of Ultron listed on the JSE in terms of its market value. Uh, it's even worth more than
1: Telcom. I, I, I would speak under correction of that. No, a case, it is. But it's, but it's been very. It's a very successful business. <laughs> yeah. correct.
0: Um, which is incredible to see yeah. a business of that size coming yeah. out of Eltron, which shows you that there was a huge amount of correct. value trapped inside this organization. Anthony Ball was in, instrumental in in mm. in, uh, in helping uh, Ultron un, unlock that value. He's still on the board. I, I take it Value Capital Partners is still a shareholder in Correct. Ultron. Uh, is he still working? Is he working closely with you to try and find other areas of the business where value can be unlocked? What's, what is his day to day involvement in the business?
1: Uh, same thing. You know, he's a non exec uh, non exec on the board, serves and on, so he's on, not there on some, a day to day basis. Not on a day to day basis, mm-hmm. no. But uh, you know, they, yeah, they they active shareholders. Um, you know, adds a lot of value to the business. Comes with, sure, you know, right. like a wealth of, of business experience. But yeah, no, Anthony's still very much on the board. They're okay. still very invested. So that
0: suggests they still see value unlock opportunities uh, in this I, business.
1: Uh, they they certainly see long term value in the business. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, we spoke about um, we spoke about the Ultron um, Document Solutions business, uh, which is, is still held for sale. Um, you, you're also selling some of your assets around um, in other African countries. I see you, you've sold off your Namibian operation and you're looking to sell some other operations in the region.
1: We have sold off uh, almost all of our African assets. Yep. The Namibian one is actually the last remaining one. Oh, the one. last we, one. We're we ca- oh. currently busy going through that process. Why are you exiting those businesses? Uh, it predates me, uh, Duncan. Oh, does it? But, uh, okay. It, it predates me, but uh, I, I think at the time you know there's quite a you mentioned earlier on there's a storied history and a lot yeah. of different uh, subsidiaries that kind of co- still comes back from the, okay. uh, the 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 older days um yeah, but uh, you know I, I don't have a different opinion on that we're quite mm. happy to to focus on the business that we've got left
0: fernand this has been a great discussion but before i let you go i i uh, you you've um you you've previously mentioned data you've mm. got some Views, I'm sure, of, of the broader ICT ecosystem mm. in South Africa, um, particularly around systems integration, but more broadly as well in terms of telecommunications and all the rest. Where do you see this? How do you see the sector developing, say, over the next five years? What are going to be some of the big drivers? What are some of the things we should look out for?
1: Me, I'm extremely passionate about the sector. I've spent pretty much my whole career yeah. uh, in the in, in the tech sector, Been a very interesting ride, hasn't it mm. in the tech sector over the last five to ten years we've seen a lot of consolidation uh, in the in the sector for a variety of for a variety of reasons I and mean, we've obviously heard about strategic talks that subsequently have been called off between uh, you know for example your mtn and your and your telecom firstly, mm-hmm. I'm still bullish about the sector. you know. I mentioned early on, particularly IT services. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to draw that distinction because I think people sometimes get themselves a little bit confused between the opportunities in mobile versus IT services. Although, of course, uh, there's an overlap between the two, right? I mean, the mobile devices is driving a lot of the IT services opportunities. Yeah. That sector... Um, as I mentioned, is still projected to grow. I, I think the digitalization journey is continuing. I still think that is a big driver for growth for customers. I think we're very fortunate. To, you know, One of the things that excites me is fast-moving industry. You can never – you, you know, I, I think I've been through five or six massive shifts in that in, in that market, you know, from, mm-hmm. from client server to e-commerce to cloud to digitization to now we're at edge computing and big data. So, you know, a very exciting um, industry. So to answer your question simply, I still think it's got a lot of legs in it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why if you look at our stage, the reason why I call out, you know, platforms and IT services yeah. The market's still growing and there has been this consolidation in the market, right? All of a sudden, clients don't have quite the the richness of choice that they had mm-hmm. before. And I think that gives a, a good opportunity to companies like ourselves and uh, and I think other companies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, still still bullish about that sector.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent stuff. Van uh, Kapp is chief executive of Ultron. Always good to chat to you, Vanna. Thanks for making the time to come into the studio today. No,
1: Thank you very much for having me, Duncan. Really appreciate your time. Pleasure. Thank you.